Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hi, Ali. Hi, Michelle. How are you? How are you? <laughs> good, how are you? <laughs> good, 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 good. Awesome. Um, always happy to talk to you on a Thursday because it's like the week is almost over. I feel mm-hmm. relaxed. We usually do this in the afternoon, so I've already gotten a lot done mm-hmm. today. Just good vibes all around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always good to see you too. Yeah. Well, today I'm actually really excited because I always really like when we talk about uh, topical things. Like we try to keep things kind of evergreen so that this content can be useful for a really long time. Um, And this content will still be useful for a long time. But um, I'm always happy when we find something that's like very relevant to the community right now that we can like build a topic off of. Right. So either yesterday or today, I think today. Uh, the WordCamp Europe team announced their call for speakers is now open. So you can go to their site um, and europe.wordcamp.org slash 2023 slash call for speakers. And you can go ahead and apply to speak, which is super exciting. Um, I think both of us have plans to apply to speak, right? I already already did because actually it's been open for almost a month. The call for speakers has been open since mid-December. Okay. I literally just saw it for the first time today. I don't know what <laughs> wh- what rock I've been hiding under. Um, but they, they didn't publicize it a whole lot yet. So maybe mm, that's why you're seeing it now. Yeah. I only just saw it. So hopefully if you're listening to this and you didn't know, like I didn't know, this will be your uh, wake-up call that you can uh, go ahead and apply to speak for WordCamp Europe, which is going to be in Athens, Greece, June 9th, June 10th. Um, I have plans to go already, and so I'd love to also be able to speak while I'm there. Um, But I really wanted to talk about um, how to fill out a speaker application Mm -hmm. so that you have the most possibility of getting selected. Um, I have, both of us have a decent amount of experience working on teams where we review speaker applications, like either review them or review them to approve them or organize them or, you know, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. And what sucks is I feel like for whatever reason, um, part of, I think the reason why, and this is a small part because I'm not trying to put the blame on the victim in this scenario, Part mm-hmm. of the reason why a lot of our events are lower on, um, we'll say minority groups for this for this reason, um, okay. is the disparity between what an experienced straight white guy in tech who's done a ton of talks, what their application looks like, and what a first time underrepresented person's application looks like. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know where that comes from, why that is, if it's just a matter of experience, if it's a matter of training and resources, if it's a matter of, you know, maybe one person asked a friend to review their application for them before they sent it in, whatever the case may be. Um, But so many times I've seen like, oh, I know this person, they're like an underrepresented person, they're really smart in this topic, and then their application is really weak. Um, Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be a good idea to talk about how to optimize your application 
if maybe you found that you've applied to a lot of talks and you're not getting accepted and you don't know why, it might have to do with the way that you're presenting yourself. Because unfortunately, in our very appearance-driven, capitalist, judgy Western society, (laughs) oftentimes you only have like the one time to make that first impression. And you can be a remarkable expert in a topic, but all you have is this tiny pinhole of a window with which to make that impression. And that might be an Mm -hmm. application like this. Um, So yeah, I wanted to talk about that and hopefully um, help people to see like, okay, maybe I can do this differently or I can stop doing that and Mm -hmm. have a higher likelihood of getting uh, getting accepted. If I can put a a couple of words in here too, is if you have not spoken, if you're not, if you don't consider yourself well-known in the community, Um, certainly these tips will help you. But let me tell you that even if you are well-known in the community, there's never a guarantee that you're going to be selected to speak at a WordCamp. Um, I'm speaking at WordCamp Asia coming up soon, as as are you. It's the first flagship WordPress uh, WordCamp that I've ever been approved for. So -hmm. like I have not spoken at WordCamp US. I have not spoken at WordCamp Europe. Like I've gotten rejection after rejection. And and to be fair, I haven't applied to WordCamp US in a while because I've been on the organizing team, right? So you can't Mm -hmm. do both. Um, But every year I get rejected for WordCamp Europe and, and, uh, you know, and prior to organizing WordCamp US as well. So just because we have familiar faces and voices in our community is never a guarantee. And we have to follow our own advice on what we're going to share with you as well. Yes, absolutely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and kind of start like moving through this and and calling it as I see it. Please interrupt me and interject because the great thing about this show is you and I have different perspectives on this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, And I could even share a little about what I, how I structured my own application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first thing I'll always say, a lot of times these pages are long. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. the form is like, 20% of the page and the rest of it is text and information and details. Read everything, read everything like twice because it's so annoying to a organizer to work super hard to provide all of these details and instructions and then people don't read it and Mm -hmm. it just makes their jobs more difficult. So read every single thing on the page. (laughs) (laughs) Last year I put together the WP career summit. Mm -hmm. Um, more news on that later this year, but uh, I put together WP Career Summit, literally all about working in WordPress. And somebody submitted a talk on using the um, the I can't remember the word is the CP uh, CPL. What is the, oh, the, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah, like right? AI text generator. No, no, no. They were they submitted a talk on um, I can't remember. Not it's basically on coding. Right. So they did mm-hmm. like on WordPress coding mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, what does that have to do with getting hired in WordPress? Like yeah. absolutely nothing. Like, let me show you how to build a website. Wrong audience. If you'd even read one tiny little bit of the website, you would have known that you were taking you're spending your time submitting to something you're never going to get picked for yeah. because it does not fit at all. So, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Read it all, especially mm-hmm. when they're giving you topic ideas or at least topic categories that they're looking to fill. That was the next thing I was going to say is the WordCamp Europe team has provided a great three lists actually of topic ideas. So development ideas, business ideas, community and design ideas. So it's, they're doing that because they want 
you to talk about those things. Like, mm-hmm. I know that myself personally, like I had this problem when I was in high school, right? Like if a teacher gave us a prompt or like a selection of prompts for an essays, I always wanted to be different. I just wanted to go above and beyond. So I would make it harder on myself and come up with a different, like more I'll show you how special topic. I am. Yeah, and it was cringy <laughs> and it never worked. And my teachers would get annoyed because they're like, that's not what I wanted you to talk about. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, there are ways in which you want to stand out and there are ways in which you want to adhere to the recommendations and instructions that are given to you. Mm-hmm. Um, your topic should stand out, but it should fall within the parameters of what they're looking for. Um, this is also really helpful, and you'll find this if you read the full page as well. Um, if this event is looking for more than one application, like if you can apply with more than one topic, pick mm-hmm. different things from different, submit a development idea, submit a business idea, submit a design idea, um don't just take one topic and tweak it a little bit and a little bit like give yourselves give yourself very different um topics that you apply with so that if because a lot of times what happens too is like i can say i've denied an application specifically because two people apply to speak on the same thing like maybe it's like how to develop your own plugin and they're the exact same topic and one of their um, descriptions is just like more detailed and richer. And I'm like, right, right well, I got to make a decision. Right. So yep. you do want to be able to stand out, mm-hmm. but you do want to be able to also like do what the organizers are looking for, for when they go ahead and pick a topic. Okay. Um, do, 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 do presentation formats. You want to make sure that you read all of those Be- like that's, a, I feel like a question that people will come and then ask after the fact. All of that information is right here. Um, There's a thing that's become, I think it's fairly newly uh, popularized as like lightning talks. So instead of talking for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, you're expected to fill like 15 minutes. Um, Personally, I've heard people say that a lightning talk is better for beginners. I disagree with that. I think lightning talks are harder because you have Mm -hmm. to be very concise you have to know exactly what it is you're trying to say at every single point you have to be able to be engaging and hit all your points within a super super small period of time to where you're not going to have a bunch of people asking questions and feeling lost afterward i think lightning talks are a lot harder give yourself if you're a beginner or if you're nervous give yourself the time it's going to be more work up front to to develop that content but on the day you're going to be glad that you had time to Maybe sometimes lose your train of thought. I still lose my train of thought on stage um, mm-hmm. or hem and haw over something or, you know, whatever. Um, if you would like it's to so hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to be concise to like th- for Asia, it's 10 minutes. I'm doing a lightning talk yeah. and to I, I submitted a full session and was approved for a lightning talk. Now I have to take 45 condense minutes it. of content and condense it down to 10 minutes in that's a way hard. that's meaningful yeah, it's very difficult. So yeah, so it, unless you know that you've got t- only 10 minutes in a topic that you couldn't possibly do, then then submit for a lightning talk. But, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you for Hannah. It's so much harder. Yeah. So really take a look at whatever they're offering in terms of the time limits. Um, and if you are applying for more than one session, maybe you want to apply for one as a lightning talk and one as a longer one and, mm-hmm. you know, give yourself the options. Um, yeah. 
So they do actually, I love when people do this. They provided some examples of past talks. Go look at those past talks um, because mm -hmm. you're going to get a, every conference, every event is different, has a different vibe and has kind of different expectations. Some are more formal, some are more casual, some are at faster pace, some are slower pace. Go look at some of the past ones because I feel like doing that will answer questions you probably didn't even know that you had about what's mm -hmm. expected from you as a speaker. Um, I also like seeing those to see like how people do their slides. Um, mm -hmm. If they're super detailed or if they're super general and stuff like that, um, you'd be super inspiring. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Oh, WordCamp Europe has included information about their speaker support program and their mentorship program, which is super amazing. So there are things in there that can potentially help you to be, do an even better job than we're helping you with right now. So that all goes yes. into reading the full page. They included a timeline. So this speaker application page is exceptional. They really hit it, it really out of the park. Um, they have a timeline. That's going to answer a lot of questions about like if you get accepted or not accepted, when are you going to mm -hmm. hear back about that? It's super annoying <laughs> for organizers to constantly get messages of like, have I been accepted? Have I been accepted? We'll let you know. Um, mm -hmm. It has information about when the slides are done and everything like that. Because um, that's also a big thing of like, don't be that person that forgot to do your slides on time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's a good way to um, not have a slot anymore, right? If there's, yeah. if it's an urgent thing, yeah. that's a good way to get kicked out. All right. So finally, mm -hmm. we're at the actual form. Um, yes. And I feel like this can be tricky sometimes because the WordPress community is a global community. And mm -hmm. for a, for this form, it's in English. I'm sure that I could translate it in a different language if I was in a different country. Um, mm -hmm. But... Due to the academic nature of filling out a form, your spelling, your grammar, all of that has to be pretty flawless. And that can yeah, be a does. struggle if English is not your first language. Um, mm -hmm. So I would always recommend asking a, asking a friend whose first language is the language of the conference you're speaking at to review the form. Yes. Um, so like if I had thought about it more and followed my own advice, I might have found someone who lived in Thailand to review my application for WordCamp Asia when I applied, just to make sure that um, everything tran would translate well, everything makes sense, that I'm not using any mm -hmm. like local idioms or uh, aphorisms, is that the word? Like sayings that wouldn't make sense to a non- right. Uh, primarily English speaker, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. Proofread, 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 everything. I literally yes. once saw somebody misspelled their name in their form yeah. application once. Or, their like, e or your email address. Don't, don't, oh, no. Yeah, don't put your email address wrong. Be careful. Seriously. We have a whole episode on writing bios. So I'll link that mm -hmm. in the show notes because that, that needs its own entire bit of information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but your bio should be easily digestible, relevant to the topic. So like I have different bios and I think you actually taught me this, Michelle, I have different bios mm -hmm. for different reasons. So if I'm yes. applying to, say I'm applying to just a, gen a general WordCamp, I have mm -hmm. a bio that is very specific to my WordPress experience and my speaking experience. If I'm gonna apply to speak at a conference for podcasters, 
I want to have something that focuses more on my podcast experience and, and things like exactly. that. Exactly. Should be relevant. Also mm-hmm. should not be a novel. I right. get so frustrated when I'm looking at a speaker application uh, um, spreadsheet, right? The spreadsheets that we would work out of and one person's row is like this long. It's a whole book. Because their bio it's is so It's a whole book. So there's right. And and you want to make sure that your bio and like like Ellie said, go back to that episode and look at it. But you want your bio to say the pertinent things about why somebody would want to not only pick you to speak, but once they've if they've selected you to speak, people need to be able to see your bio on the website that mm-hmm. says who you are. So first of all, third person, always third person. Your bio should never be written in first person. Give me an because- example of third person, Michelle. So, um, so my bio, for example, says, um, you know, Michelle Frechette is the director of community engagement for Stellar WP at Liquid Web. Michelle was called the busiest woman in WordPress by Matt Mullenweg at WordCamp US 2022. And it goes on to talk a little bit more about the things that I'm involved in. So it doesn't um, say I am a blah, blah, blah. Correct. Correct. Because at the point, like if I'm filling out a form, I'm telling you about myself, maybe first person in my head might make sense. But if I'm then later reading the bio on a website, it's not me talking to the person who's reading it. It's them reading about you on the speaker website. So your Mm -hmm. speaker bio should always be in third person. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And I I always treat it as it should be skimmable because in reality, Mm -hmm. people aren't really going to read all the bios. Like, it's it's all it's kind of mean to say but nobody nobody cares that much they want to be able to skim and see okay this person is talking about you know themes oh there mm-hmm. i see the word theme developer they're a theme developer they've mm-hmm. developed one two three themes i've heard of that theme cool i now have an impression of this person in my head right and i feel like they know what they're talking about so it mm-hmm. should be as skimmable as possible oh um, can i tell you one of my pet peeves Yes. So as somebody who reviews these things for all kinds of events all over the place, I hate, and I'm going to use that word, hate, when people think they can use markup language on my form, and now I have to go back in and edit out the freaking markup language. Like, don't put, you know, the HTML, like, links. To make something bold or something. Right. No, it's just mostly like to to add links. So like, like if I was going to say, you know, is co-host at um, underrepresentedattech.com and I, and I put like, you know, ahref and whatever around it. (laughs) That's so annoying. That's not translating Mm -hmm. into the way I'm doing it. Like, trust me, I can pick up underrepresentedattech.com and make that a hyperlink on my own way faster than having to edit out the stuff that you put in there. (laughs) I've never seen someone do that. Oh, it happens so frequently and it's Which so is, annoying. It's so annoying too because the next like field area on this form is for links. So like most mm-hmm. speaker applications will ask you to provide links already. So you don't have to put them in your bio. Don't do that. Right. Don't give Michelle a heart attack. Um, <laughs> that sure. being said, read the way that they ask for links. Sometimes it's like, oh, we want the link to your Twitter. Sometimes they just want your Twitter handle, right? So pay attention to... <laughs> and- and this one doesn't say with or without the at symbol a lot of the time they Mm. don't want it and sometimes they do this one is really ambiguous so they're going to have to do a lot of cleanup when they use this later because they haven't asked for that so make sure that you are paying attention though Um, usually they don't want the at symbol included yes totally um so they also ask for past speaking experience um 
I have mixed feelings about asking for this. I feel like it's a little bit um, othering because if you don't have past speaking experience, you kind of feel like, oh, well, I guess I just have to leave that blank. And that might, you know, kind of be a hit to your confidence a little bit. Don't worry about it. Like, usually this is just kind of an extra qualifier. But a lot of events are specifically looking for first time speakers and they want mm -hmm. to inject first time speakers into the selection. So this question is not meant to make you feel like you lost a point, right? Like it's right, just no. an additional qualifier. Mm -hmm. um, if you do have past speaking experience, just share exactly what they're asking for. Um, mm -hmm. Details and links to the recordings, right? You don't have to go crazy with it. Um, so one thing that I have, which Michelle, let i'd like to know what you think about this so okay. i have a page on my website um okay. i think it's just alienimus.com slash talk slides yes where i have it's just one page with links to all of my past talks so that mm -hmm. i can have them in one place but i can also share them with people if you were on the organizing team for wordcamp europe and i just put a link to that talk slides page is that mm -hmm. helpful to you or would you find that annoying to where you're like oh, that would be it would be annoying. That's the next. That's an extra step. Yeah, Got I don't want to have okay. to take those extra steps. <laughs> See, I was I was wondering about that because it's like, well, they're all right there, but yeah. So if you do have a page like that, maybe just copy and paste and put all, put put the put the relevant ones in there. I have I have a running, and I I can actually share this. Um, I don't know how to share it in the tweet because there's too way too many of them. But um, a way that in academia you list mm -hmm. the talks that you've had in the past, very mm -hmm. much like a bib like a, a bibliography. Um, bibliography. <laughs> I did not think of the word uh, bibliography. So like for example, mine starts with in parentheses 2022 WordCamp Montclair semicolon Adoram Digital Agency Summit. Um, then tw parentheses 2021 WordCamp India semicolon WordCamp Northeast Ohio semicolon WordCamp Santa Clara Valley. So you can see them going all the way back in time. And I have spoken a lot. And so I've got a really huge paragraph, um, which you don't have to have, of course. Mine has outside of, of WordPress as well. And so um, there is a way that you can do it. And then I just I just keep it updated, constantly mm -hmm. keeping it updated. And all I have to do is cut and paste or put it in a text expander, which I love, mm -hmm. text completion, and then just do the keystroke and then it just automatically fills in. Nice. I love that. I do that for my bio um, too, by the way. And I would say too, if you have, if you do have a lot of speaking experience, um, it might make sense to say like, I have spoken at X number of events here are some relevant ones, right? So like if Michelle was doing mm -hmm. a talk on podcasting, maybe she includes links to talks she's done about podcasting or similar topics mm -hmm. um, because that's kind of what they're I'll looking tell you, for, right? I do I do a link to, um, like if you search for yourself on wordpress.tv, if you've given mm -hmm. talks, you have, they're all, uh, they're all there under one person. So you, I actually have two because I'm Michelle Fresh but I was Michelle Ames. So mm -hmm. I'll include both of those links so they can go back and see previous talks that have given in the WordPress community. Love that. Uh, but yeah, all that is to say, if you don't have anything to put in that box, don't worry about it. It's okay. Um, so then they ask about your session and you have to choose um, whether it's a talk or a workshop. Um, yeah, really pay attention to these. A talk is typically, I'm talking, everyone else is listening, maybe there's questions at the end. A workshop mm -hmm. means that there's interactivity. I'll die on that hill, right? Like 
A workshop mm -hmm. means you've designed this talk for people to actually be doing something with you the whole time. Maybe um, they're building a site with you or they're building something with you and you plan to like walk around, help them do things. Please don't select a topic or a, um, a, a talk type that doesn't actually apply just because you think it sounds cool or something. Like be, mm -hmm. be really specific. Um, mm -hmm. They ask which session suits your talk. If you're not sure, just say you're not sure. That's totally fine. Um, mm -hmm. What is the general category of your session? Sometimes they allow you to choose more than one. I remember looking at a, an application once where they just chose everything. Like, oh, my talk mm -hmm. can fit into all of these. And it's like, be specific. <laughs> you're marketing yeah. yourself, right? And like one of yes. the rules of marketing is like being specific, being targeted. So mm -hmm. it's this is not an opportunity for you to throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Um, right, <laughs> good point. The, the exact topic of your session, so that's like the title. I think we have an episode on, do we have an episode on naming your... I don't think we do, but this is where you should definitely have somebody else reading over what you're submitting. So for example, when you're submitting a talk, you are marketing yourself and you're marketing your knowledge. So if you are not somebody who is creative in a marketing way, right? Mm -hmm. Like I 100% developers are creative people. Don't, don't get me wrong. I know that that's, but you, and the analytics can still be creative. So I'm not yes. saying that somebody who's a developer isn't creative, but if you want to sell your topic, um, you want to make sure that you're writing titles and description in a way that's got some marketing bent to it. Yes. And so I, I think it's great. Um, you know, I work at Liquid Web and when people within Stellar WP are thinking about submitting an application, usually they hit me up and say, can you read this over? Give me any feedback. And, you know, usually the feedback is either too long or too short, <laughs> but there's other feedback as well, yeah. as far as to how things are written and what, what can be included and how you can say something, um, say the same thing, but make it a, a topic that people go, oh, I want to go listen to that one. Mm -hmm. Yes. So before we sat down to record this, I asked Michelle, I was like, didn't we talk about this already? It's because I wrote a blog post about this topic. That's why. There you go. <laughs> and so I just, I just pulled it up and I do talk about, so I'll include a link to that in the show notes too, because I have some like mm -hmm. written examples and details and stuff. Um, I definitely agree. One of my least, one of my biggest pet peeves about talk, submitted talk titles is when they're too long um, or when they're too vague. Um, so your, your title should be concise and snappy and tell people what it is they're going to learn. Doesn't have to be fancy. So, and that's going to change a little bit depending on whether it's a dev talk or a community talk because you're yeah. appealing in a different way, right? So like um, when I did a, a talk on uh, developing a plugin, you know, it was a different topic title than what I'm applied. I'll, I'll tell you what I, the topic I put in for WordCamp Europe is how WordPress changed my life and how it can change yours too. Definitely a community talk. It's not a dev talk. It isn't mm -hmm. a design talk. Um, it's not a blogging talk. You know, it's literally about how to get involved in the community. And so it's like, people are gonna be like, Ooh, how did it change your life? You know, yeah. what, what, what is she talking about? So, yeah, exactly. Mine is, um, I think it's, I forget the exact wording of the title, to be honest with you, but it's like, um, how to get a job in tech without coding or something like that. Like it's very yeah. specific. Um, mm -hmm. I would recommend, I mean, there might be some conferences that are okay with these. I recommend avoiding puns. 
unless unless you are really leaning into humor in your talk topic Mm -hmm. um i would say avoid puns avoid like cliches like i at this point i'm so sick of like themes and plugins and whatever oh my like oh my (laughs) yeah like i'm really sick of those um especially for an international audience because international audiences like they everybody all over the world hasn't watched the same movies maybe everybody's seen the wizard of oz or maybe it's at least one that's known around the world but don't count on those old tricks and tropes to continue forward i think of it like if you're writing a blog post and you're you're maybe optimizing that for seo and like a lot of times it like how to or why you should or like a guide to or you know or if it's a case study like there's there's there are kind of naming conventions that are mm-hmm. safe and okay to stick to i think if the content mm-hmm. of the talk is good and you can display that in the description and if it's something that is somewhat unique that they think people are going to want like that's enough you don't have to be super cutesy with the title um sure they ask here about the intended audience for the topic. I love that. I've like never seen the way they do this before. Um, so if they ask you something like that, who this is for, choose appropriately. Like I have seen like, is this for like beginner, intermediate or advanced levels? Don't choose all three. That's not helpful. That's really confusing. <laughs> Be specific. I will say though, <laughs> when it's a community talk, it's really hard to pick one. Yeah. Because it does really go across everything, right? So. Mm-hmm. But but if you're but it, certain talks definitely lend themselves more to one or and to be fair, I did not pick all five <laughs> when I submitted <laughs> my talk because I'm not dumb. But still, it is so hard then, to choose sometimes. Yeah. So then they ask for a description. They ask for main takeaways and what attendees will learn to do from this talk that they could not before. They're asking a lot of questions here, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. I know in my post I talk about writing descriptions as well. I feel like that can be its own topic because descriptions are really tricky. I have a yes. formula that I use for talk descriptions. That's how nerdy Ooh. I get about this. Um, and I will share that with you now. This is not to say this is the only way or the best way or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. how I found success doing it. So I start with the problem or conflict to be solved. That way the person can say, oh, I have that problem. I identify with that issue. Um, or no, that's not something I struggle with. That's not something that applies to me because the talk mm-hmm. description should bring someone in just as much as it, um, what's the alternate of that? It should be just as easy for someone to say that talk is not for me as it is to say oh, that right. is mm-hmm. for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, People because should it, be able to self-identify in or out based yes. on what you're, what you've written. I've definitely gone to talks before and been sitting there for like 15 minutes and be like, this is not anything that I, I misunderstood what this talk was and I don't, this isn't helpful to me, right? So um, establishing the problem or conflict. Um, Then I mentioned the content within the talk that solves the problem. So like, what's that solution? What's my method? What's my answer? And then I end with, in this talk, I will blah, blah, blah. And that allows me to get Mm -hmm. specific. So um, I'll mention, the format, like, will I use a walkthrough? Will I use a demo? Am I going to build something? Am I going to tell a story? How am I going to explain what the solution is? Um, and I like to sprinkle in, even though I'm, I answered that in the application, I might sprinkle in who this talk is for. Is it for beginners, mm-hmm. advanced people, business owners, freelancers, designers, developers, whatever. Um, so like, I have an example 
While blogging can be extremely profitable for companies of all sizes, it can be hard for a beginner to know how to start a blog, much less monetize it. With WordPress and a few plugins, starting a blog that brings in money can be quick and painless. Solution to a problem. In this talk, mm -hmm. Allie will, or I will, I think Allie will, uh, demonstrate how to start a blog with WordPress and then walk through the process of setting up free and paid monetizing tools. So I talk about in three sentences, what the problem is, what the solution is, and how I'm going to present it to you. And that's, I think, really all that's necessary. Um, mm -hmm. I'd say this one is on the shorter side. I could see it being a little bit longer, but again, skimmable. People want to be able to mm -hmm. skim, find the, the buzzwords that apply to them, and be able to yeah. know, okay, this talk is for me. Yeah. My my um, my top topic or talk topic starts with uh, WordPress is more than software. It's more than web designer development or Gutenberg versus the classic editor. It's about you. It's about me. The small us and the big us. It's more than open source code. It's open source community. And then I went in from there and I end it with, in this talk, I'll share how it all came to be and how WordPress can change your life too. Now, because the title is how WordPress changed my life, the entire mm -hmm. thing's written in first person. Mm. So because the title is first person. So if you're yeah. like, well, why didn't I say Michelle will share? Well, because it's about me, not about something that's not about me. Right. That makes, sense. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, bah, 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 bah. And then they're asking about, will you record a short overview of your session? So they're asking for like all of these additional things. Read these things really carefully. Only agree to do the things that you really are actually going to do. If you know you won't have time or availability to do any extra stuff, don't agree to it and then renege on it later. That's really frustrating. Um, I think if you, especially if you haven't spoken before, doing the little three-minute video is really advantageous for you mm -hmm. because it can show that you that you have poise, that you speak well, that you are you enunciate like whatever those qualities are that they're looking for. I will tell you if you are going to record yourself, go ahead and script yourself. You don't have to just get up there and like ramble about your topic and feel like you're drowning in trying to come up with three minute video. Script it, record it. If you don't like it, record it again. I think I did mine three times before I was like, oh, I flubbed a word or I did that. You know, I was like, okay, it's good to go. I'm sending that in. So um, go ahead and, re and, and record yourself. Mm -hmm. Give them an opportunity to see you talking mm -hmm. and um, but script it and do whatever you want to make sure that you feel confident in what it is that you're saying. Yeah, it's good practice. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the rest of it are like, yeah, additional. Do you want to make your session a case study? Do you want to get mentorship support? Um, they ask if you'd like to be a backup speaker. That can be hard. Um, if this like so this event is in Athens, if you don't kind of if you're not really local, it'll be very hard to be a backup speaker because you might have days really to plan to be able to travel. So be very mindful of that. If it's a local thing, yeah, probably being a backup speaker would be a great idea. Um, but be if you're going to attend anyway challenges. or you're sponsoring or something yes. like that, if you're already going to be there. Now, the one thing they did at the end of this application that was a little off putting to me is they said, please don't purchase a conference ticket yet. If your application is accepted, you'll receive a free ticket as a presenter. Mm. But they're not letting you know until when was the timeline for it? Um, they're notifying speakers the second week of um, of March. And mm. so they could they, they could very well sell out of tickets by then. So if you are planning to attend anyway, I would say go ahead and purchase the ticket if you plan yeah. to attend. 
If you are offered a free ticket, you can always either sell your ticket or gift it to somebody else. I like to give tickets to people who might not otherwise be able to attend um, an event. But it, but even if you give it to a coworker or something else, um, sell it, turn it back in, donate it, whatever, um, mm -hmm. you'll make sure that you have a ticket to, to walk in the door as opposed to finding out that maybe you didn't get selected and now you also don't have a ticket. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even notice that. So yeah, mm -hmm. if you're planning on just going, even if you don't get selected, go yeah, buy the ticket. Um, I, I mean, I guess maybe they should have said, um, if you only plan on going as a speaker, um, don't buy a ticket, um, because we won't be refunding you for mm -hmm. that. Um, the ticket is given to you later. Um, yeah. yeah. And then they ask if you have any questions for them and, you know, mm -hmm. take advantage of that opportunity to ask any questions and get anything clarified to you to be clarified. Um, and now that you've reached the end of the application, go back over it and read over everything you wrote again and proofread it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Pay attention to the way that you formatted things. Pay attention to spelling and grammar. And like, if you had to copy and paste things from other places, did you do that correctly? And so on and so forth. Like, this is this is your shot to make that good first impression and you want it to be mm -hmm. as flawless as you can. Um, yeah. And again, like we said before, if you want somebody to look over it for you, this would be a good time to have somebody review it um, and give you any feedback. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe we can do a follow up episode one day on like what to do after you send in your application, because I feel like that can be a whole other episode of like how to prepare <laughs> and like what questions you should ask and what questions you probably shouldn't ask that are probably on the website. You should go check that first. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say that's a good that's a good overview of like how to really get the the most out of this sort of an application. Mm -hmm. um, the last thing you want to do is rush it because you're just you're right. you're going to throw your chance in the garbage. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and find just, like like we've said more than once, find somebody to read it through for you and give you feedback. Yeah. Um, Allie and I can't volunteer to do that for all of you <laughs> because we are already overwhelmed with a lot of other people we're helping. However, you have people at your work, you have people in your social circles, you have people in your local meetups, somebody that you can ask to take a look at what it is that you are submitting. And if you don't, ask on Twitter, ask on in Slack, ask, mm -hmm. you know, somebody, hey, does anybody have five minutes that they can review my application? What I'd say is don't ask an event organizer, no. like of the event that you're applying to. Correct. <laughs> like, Correct. Don't, don't ask them, but maybe like, so if you know somebody who had organized a different event, and they're not organizing an event right now, but they have experience mm -hmm. with these kinds of applications. That's a great person to ask. And I'd even say on the flip side, ask somebody who has no connection to any of this stuff at all, because they might notice something that you took for granted as somebody who's familiar with like this industry. Um, like I mm -hmm. asked my husband to review stuff all the time because he has no experience with development, no experience with WordPress. Um, and so he has a completely unique lens and perspective on how I talk mm -hmm. about this kind of stuff. So yep. ask people to help you. Um, oh, one thing I will say is if you get an email after you submit this, sometimes they'll send you an email that has your answers all listed out, like a kind of, kind of a receipt or a copy of your submission. Yes. Save it, like bookmark mm -hmm. it, favorite it, whatever you have to do not to lose it because it's going to be very handy. Like my, I had to hunt for my WordCamp Asia one because I applied right when the applications came out. I was one of the last people to get notified that I was accepted and I completely forgot the talk that I submitted. So yeah. 
instead of doing the really embarrassing thing of asking them to remind me what mm -hmm. I applied with, I found the email yes. and I was able to re-review it. So make mm -hmm. sure that you save that receipt email, whether, you know, that's going to come pretty probably immediately um, before mm -hmm. you get accepted or denied or whatever. And just make sure that yeah. you save that. Um, and also you could probably, if you, if you think that you did a really good job, you just weren't accepted for other reasons, you can use that again, right? Like you can use mm -hmm. that topic in the description all over again. Absolutely. So go ahead and save so that. Let me add a couple just a couple little other things that I wanted to mention is if yes. you've given the same talk already 12 times mm -hmm. in the WordPress community and you're applying for WordCamp Europe, I would think I'm not on the committee, but I would think that you have a pretty low chance of that talk being picked up because yeah. especially if it's already in WordPress TV like five times um, and everybody's heard your topic, find something new and, and interesting or a twist on it, change it up. Mm. Um, you know, you could talk about the same topics, right? Like I talk about community a lot, but I change it up and I find different ways to infuse different life into it for different events. So it's not always the same talk over and over because mm. that's not, that's not a, you know, nobody wants to put out old information on, on their website. So you have a better yeah. chance of getting picked if it's newer, uh, newer information. The other thing is some, um, some, uh, events won't tell you if you didn't get selected. They'll only tell you mm -hmm. if you did, which yeah. I hate that, quite honestly. Whenever I'm in charge, I make sure that that all of my speakers know whether they were selected or not. This one does say that applicants receive a response to their applications. So I'm assuming that means that you'll know either either way whether you were selected or not, which is definitely um, you know an, an easier way to instead of sitting on the edge of your chair. But if you find out, you know, you're not supposed to publish it if you're until they like announce the speakers. If you hear that you were, um, or you did haven't heard back yet, like Allie's like, oh, I, I got picked for, you know, WordCamp XYZ. Did you, have you heard yet? And I haven't heard yet. Um, that either means I'm not selected or it means they're waiting to see, I'm like I'm on the second string, right? And like, they're waiting to see if anybody else says no, and then they'll move me up into a yes position. So, uh, you know, so don't, lose heart if you don't hear anything right away it may mean that you're kind of in the second tier of acceptances based on just the fact that there's not enough seats for everybody to be able to speak the other thing that i would warn against doing is reaching out to the organizers to say why wasn't my topic selected what was wrong with it yeah. because these are volunteers who have no time to to respond to a thousand people saying what was wrong with my topic? What could I do differently next time? There's just not the amount of time that people, people just don't have enough time to be able to respond to those kinds of questions. Um, a better thing to do would be then to go to somebody else besides the person who reviewed it at the first time and say, hey, do you, could you look this over for me? It wasn't selected for WordCamp XYZ and I wanna make it better for next time. What would you recommend that I do differently? Yeah, You have a better opportunity there than to make the organizers feel bad that you weren't selected and yeah. feel like they have to respond to you about why your topic wasn't selected. Yeah, because that's that's not something that somebody could just check and say, oh, well, you know, this, right? Like, right. they'll have to go back and find yours. And like that, that, that person answering that email might not even be the person who chose the speakers. So then they have to find right. the person who made that decision and trying to ask them to remember what it was. Mm -hmm. And like, it's so much extra resources and work. Um, it's unfortunate that that can't be a thing. Like in an ideal world, yes, you'd get a response and say, hey, 
your talk wasn't selected because we already had someone with this topic or um, whatever. Whatever right? reason. Yeah. It would be yeah. great. But um, yeah, please. Has that ever happened to you? Has Have people asked you why? Oh, yeah. oh boy. Yeah. I've never gotten that before. And I'm so glad because I would cry. <laughs> I have a generic response that I send to anybody that does that, which is basically there was no, we were overwhelmed with the number of, with, you know, the number of topics. We simply couldn't select everybody. We wish you best, you know, best luck going forward. Like, I'm not yeah. going to dig into it. I'm not going to go back and look at yours. I'm not going to tell you what was wrong with it because maybe nothing mm -hmm. was wrong with it. I just had 10 people that submitted on SEO and I don't need 10 SEO talks. Yeah. You know, it's a thing. So All right. it is a thing. I, so this is one of our longest episodes on record but, i think it's a good one though it is Topic. but i want to talk about we we're, we're doing a giveaway so let's yeah. talk about a giveaway real quick um we've been doing this for a while now ellie you probably know what episode we're on i never know what episode we're on she's we're thinking in the 70s i the looked at it the recently lips <laughs> she's like click, mm, click, let click, me click, think click. um but we've been doing this a while which well over a year for sure and, uh, you know, we do miss a week here or there because uh, we have lives Life. and this is not our livelihood, but uh, we do the, our, the best that we can to make sure Wait, that we're- this is going to be episode 80. Ooh, episode 80. All right. Well, we're, we're celebrating episode 80. We're doing a giveaway. We on our, One of the services that we offer is a one hour pick our brains session where you can come to us with any questions you have about- underrepresentation in technology. So maybe you want your company to do better. Maybe you want us to answer some questions about what works well and what doesn't. Take a look at your homepage with you and see what's wrong with it, if there is anything wrong with it, those kinds of things. Um, how you can do better, What's uh, how to use better inclusive language, whatever your questions are right. that pertain to underrepresented. So that's a $250 value. We charge $250 for that hour of pick our brain time. And we are giving away not one, not two, but three pick our brain sessions three, the big three, um, <laughs> you need to go to our website, underrepresentedintech.com. It's it's up in the navigation. You'll see contest. So the navigation will be contest. And on there, there's just going to be a simple form you fill out by the end of day on January 31st. Uh -huh. And um, on that week's that week's episode, at the end of that week, we will announce who the three winners are uh -huh. and be excited to um, share with them the opportunity to come talk to us. Yeah. So make sure you go to underrepresentedintech.com slash contest, mm -hmm. find it in the navigation if you don't remember that, and we'll be <laughs> happy to uh, entertain all of the applicants. And hopefully um, hopefully the three winners will find really good stuff to talk about and uh, make their make their businesses even better. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited. Um, I love too. doing these calls with people. They're always so like... They're always so like emotional, like emotionally kind of charged sometimes, but it's like yeah. really mm -hmm. gratifying to get off a call with with people and like feel like we've moved the needle a little bit with them. It's always yeah. very, very gratifying. Um, yeah. We've worked with, I don't know if I can list the companies we've worked with. I think some of them have asked to be anonymous and some of them haven't, so I'm not going to yeah. um, So Ninja Forms Ninja Forms is, is very open about the fact that we've mm -hmm. worked with them and they were pretty excited about that, which is super awesome. Yeah, they were really great to work with. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, can't wait to see those, get those in. $250 value, not bad. 
Not bad at all. Not yeah. bad at all. Um, oh yeah. So here, and uh, Tara Clay's has used the underrepresented tech database before. Matt mm-hmm. Cromwell has used the underrepresented tech database before. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can. Th- we have some testimonials on our website that talk about things like that too. So yeah. Um, yeah so people have found it found it useful. So um, get in there. Get your, get your chance to win an hour long conversation with me and Allie. Yeah. Excited. Cool. Well, thank you again for another amazing episode, Michelle. Absolutely. Thank you, too. (laughs) All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye. This episode was sponsored by the following companies. Yikes, Inc. Yikes, Inc. is a collaborative, results-driven, Philadelphia-based WordPress agency dedicated to sustainable business practices. This episode. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.